Greetings, listeners in listener land. Welcome to St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston, where we size up current and historic events involving people, places, and things in areas such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, health, history, housing, humor, justice, government, and sports. We originate from the Gateway City and connect to regional, state, (laughs) national, and international affairs. If you've not been to the New Jewish Theater, and they are in the middle of their season. There are a couple shows of this particular play that we're going to talk about, the B play. And we have Miles Brenton. He has been recognized for vocal, his vocal artistry in a variety of settings, including the Sheldon Concert Hall, the Two Hill Opera Theater, St. Louis. And he has also performed at, you will like this, Mark, Disney World Orlando. Oh. You're such a big Disney fan. Did he? Yes. Has he? And he performs in a variety of venues and festivals across the metropolitan area. And Miles, welcome to St. Louis in Tune. Hey, how's it going, Arnold? It's going great. And I'm glad to talk to you about this because this is a really very interesting play. And I'm not going to describe what it's all about, but it is semi-based on George Washington Carver's life a little bit. There's some linkage there, but give us a little overview without giving the entire play away. Yeah, so the B play, if I could say it, it follows this character named Carver and his family and what they're experiencing. Carver is a very, very much the caretaker of the family, even though he's only 18 years old. He's taking care of his grandmother and his little sister who's eight years old and he's had these responsibilities heaped upon him at such a young age and he only has very moments to really escape from that and be a teenager and that's when you'll find him on the loop taking care of his bees hence named the bee play and then he meets another character devora who represents the life that he would like to have and we see him go through the process of being torn between two worlds and uh, yeah it makes for a very interesting story and i think one that everybody can see themselves in and this is a premiere it's the world premiere of the b play and i saw a photograph of you where you had this whole b garb on and you were pulling out this hive area now did you do some actual beekeeping prior (laughs) to this to get ready for this role (laughs) Yeah, that was real. That was real. I did. I visited some hives out in Edwardsville, and that was a really cool experience. I had never been that close to the beehive before on purpose. That was, but I had I had the whole helmet and everything on, gloves and everything, and I learned the proper technique using the smoker. It was very cool. I felt like I earned my stripes. <laughs> Your stinger. You, you, yeah, yeah, you didn't get stung. Hopefully. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear most people do. You know, get, sometimes it comes with the territory. Yeah. I hear most, a lot of folks get stung even when they've got everything on. Yeah. Yeah. They still find yeah. their way through. Yeah. Yeah. What, what happened was when you, sometimes a, a bee may get into your helmet, your bonnet. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. And then so you, you're supposed to, whenever that happens, you're supposed to like calmly walk away, which I did, but. You're just supposed to keep walking and walking until the other bees that are around your helmet, that are around you are no longer, they return to the hive. So 
I didn't walk far enough away. And so whenever I took off my helmet, I got tagged by all the bees that were around. That oh. wasn't really the bees that were in my No. Whoa. Do you have the bees that are in the bonnet, they just want to get away. Okay. But I didn't have an allergic reaction or anything. Oh, that's lucky. I'm sure they had but, a bunch yeah, of EpiPens over right. there. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but I made it through. I soldiered on. And I think, like I said, I think I, it made me feel like I earned my earned my stripe. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. These stripes, yeah. Yeah. Now, you're known as a singer, but this is a complete acting role. I don't think there's any singing in this, is there? You know what? We were able to sneak just a little bit of singing. It's not very much, but just a wee bit more so in passing. But no, it's all acting. It really is. There's no... There's no orchestra or tracks that I'm singing to or anything like that. So, yeah, it's plenty of monologue, plenty of dialogue. And Elizabeth Savage has done such a great job writing this, this play and uh, that it doesn't feel like I'm, have to, I'm having to, to memorize thousands of words. It just feels I have to think about these ideas that she written down and I, I just think of them as a series of ideas and that helps me memorize all these words a lot easier. Interesting because I know I was going to ask you what the preparation is different when you're singing versus when you're acting and I know you're using a different part of the brain when you're singing and many times we will remember words because they have a melody mm -hmm. attached to them or music attached to them. How do you prepare differently or mm -hmm. do you prepare differently? Yeah, I totally, I tried to do the same thing and it didn't really work as efficiently as it does with the music. Usually with singing, I like to take a notebook and I write down the words maybe two or three times, like all the lyrics two or three times. And then by about the third time I've written all the lyrics down, I've pretty much got it memorized. But it was not like that with the play. I would check, go, try to go by like scene by scene, write right. it all out. And I just have to, I feel like I just have to keep speaking the words out over and over again. And do you, go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Do you find the performances that you've done so far different based upon the interaction from the audience? Yeah, totally. There are some crowds laugh at things that you wouldn't expect them to laugh at and others, others don't laugh at all. They just keep it to themselves. So. Yeah. You have to keep going, and no matter what the crowd is doing, hope that they're, imagine that they're enjoying themselves, or just not think about that, and just be in the moment, and you enjoy yourself, because it is called a play. It's supposed to be fun. We're supposed to be enjoying ourselves, or having some sort of experience, even with such serious subject matter as we have here, being with the environmental consciousness, and the things that weaved throughout the B play. Although there is some humor. There's plenty of humor. Um, yeah. Now, as you, you correct me if I'm wrong, in the past, you've really not been the main performer, and maybe I'm wrong, and if I am, just say, you know, I have been. And here, you're like, you're the main character, as I've seen it. So there's really no downtime. Mm -hmm. And how do you balance that? Uh, no, the only lead, technically, like, lead role that I had before this was when I was in high school and I, I was Cole House Walker in Ragtime. But that one is interesting because it, that, that, that musical tells like three different stories. So even if you are a main character, you're not 
necessarily on the stage the whole time. And Carver is almost on the stage the entire time. So yeah, this is new territory for me for sure. And I think from what everyone has said, this is hard stuff. So for this to be my first, this is actually my first play as a professional. I've done musicals, but this is my first play as a professional. And for this to be the first one, I think is a pretty good, it it should set me up pretty well to understand the workload for plays going forward. So where do you want to go and where do you want to be in the next five or 10 years, Miles? Oh man, I see myself doing more music than theater. That's always been the case, but I think that live theater has such a special place in my life. And I've gotten so lucky this year, man. I've gotten so lucky. This is the second new work that I've done this year. I started the year at COCA doing the musical Big Machine, which was a world premiere. And then I've done this. And then next I'll do uh, Action November, which is another world premiere. And I think that's my thing. I think that's my thing. I think that'll be the bulk of the live theater repertoire that I'm in is new works. It's an amazing process getting to speak with the writers and develop that and be the first guy that does the role. It's a very special thing. So mostly I see myself doing things with my folk ensemble, Fox tradition and writing my songs and things and performing, going on tour or whatever. But once or twice a year, I'll get the opportunity to let it loose on the stage, on the live theater stage. That's cool. And you started composing when? Was that in high school or what was the time frame that really you initiated with that? Yeah. So I, I started composing, writing songs in high school. I started singing really in high school. I, I'd been singing on and off less formally since I was a kid. But I really got excited about it in high school and I got into the top choir my sophomore year. And then I started picking up the guitar because they had some sitting around in the library. And instead of going to my study hall, I would just sit in the library and play the guitar. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when I started writing songs. And I'd always been creative with music in that capacity, more or less, with in a different capacity. I had always been involved with music as more of an audio engineer or more from the production side. As when I was growing up, my dad, he had all kinds of audio production software and he taught me how to use it. So that was my first interaction with music. So writing songs came very naturally because I was so used to like building something from the ground up. Now, most of the time it was a cover or something or it was instrumental because I had played saxophone from the time I was like nine years old, but now it became writing songs. That, that's my favorite way to, to express myself, probably. Now, how'd you get involved with opera then? That was, that's a, I don't want to say a leap, but it, there's a I, connection I'd say there. it's a leap. <laughs> <laughs> it is a leap. It is. Wow. Opera of all things. One small step for man. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One giant opera for, I don't know, trying to find <laughs> Yeah, one giant leap for an 18-year-old or 17-year-old, for sure. Yeah. Um, I was, my sister, she is an artist as well, and she was receiving a visionary award the same year that Sally Levy was receiving a visionary award, and she was one of the opera theater's biggest donors 
And so, of course, everybody from Opera Theater was there. And I happened to sit next to Allison Felter. Yeah. Somebody who yeah. I know. Head of education. It's somebody who you, who you know. Yeah, she's been on our show also, and, uh, talking about opera theater singing. Oh, good. Good. And so I happened to sit next to her. And uh, my teacher had told me about this program at Opera Theater St. Louis. And somehow stumbled upon a conversation. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about auditioning for this program. And she was like, this happens to be the person to talk to. And uh, so uh, I talked to her. I also met the general director. And uh, yeah, it was, that was how I was like, okay, let me audition for this. So I auditioned for their artists and training program. And you don't know too much about that. If, for anyone listening who doesn't know about that, it's a program where local professional opera singers teach students how to sing opera. And uh, I went through the program. It's really cool. Two year, two semesters of uh, recitals and, and master classes with world-class opera singers and at the end of the year, they do a scholarship recital and uh, from scholarships ranging from a hundred to $4,000. And I was awarded the top scholarship. Wow. I felt like, I was like, okay, cool. Maybe I'm, it seems like this thing is in my wheelhouse. Maybe I should keep it going. So I continued to study it for a couple of years until COVID hit it. Then I had a some, somewhat of an awakening. I've always wanted to be, even though I enjoy opera so much, I want to be a rock star. I want to be up there writing my own songs, playing a guitar, jumping around like a crazy person. So that's what I do now. <laughs> now, before I ask a final question here, I want to reiterate that the show, which is the B play, is going to be held September 24th from at 4 o'clock and 8 p.m. There's two showings. Yep. So that's September 24th, 4 and 8 p.m., and then September 25th at 2 p.m., and that's out at the yep. Jay's Wool Studio Theater, and individual tickets are available. You can go to thenewjewishtheater.org or 314-442-3283, and we'll repeat that after we're done with our interview with Miles. There's a lot of individuals who are still in high school who are contemplating a career in the industry, and Whenever I talk to a musician or an artist or an actor, somebody who's involved in the theater arts or the uh, d like the dramatic arts, the visual arts, mm -hmm. musical arts, I ask them, what advice do you give to those people who are considering a career? And so that's the question to you right now, because you are just not too far away from, I don't know how old you are, and you don't have to tell me, but I glean that mm -hmm. you're not too far connected from the high school scene, and no. which makes your answer going to be, I think, very valuable to those kids who are listening. Yeah. My advice for any kid who's wanting to do this or who is doing this, even for college students or whatever, you know, unfortunately, it's very difficult to teach a creative how to build a career in this field. And so for me, I've found so many resources online and I've watched a lot of YouTube videos and read a lot of blogs and read a few books and really you just have to go out and just do it. It's a, you have to like, and everybody says this, it's just, it, it takes a, it's a very scary thing. I'll give you a story. So a year ago, a little over a year ago, I had gotten it's Spanish style guitar for my birthday. And I wanted to go out and play it. I'd learned a few traditional Mexican folk tunes called Ranchera. And I decided to go on Cherokee Street and finally get a cowboy hat. So I could feel like 
I was a proper, proper mariachi <laughs> wannabe. All right. And so I went out there with my guitar and I was singing just on the street, just sitting down. And this guy comes up to me. He thought, you go into the restaurant and they'll give you money. And I was like, what? <laughs> they'll give me money? He's like, yes, go into the restaurant and play. They'll give you money. What am I supposed to do? Just go up to their tables? He's like, yeah, go up to their tables and play. And I was scared out of my pants because I didn't expect to do this today. But I went in there with my new cowboy hat. And I played and I went to that restaurant. And after I went to one restaurant, played for 20 minutes or whatever, I go to another restaurant across the street, play for another 20 or 30 minutes. And I see some people on the street. They want to hear me play. They told me to come over to their table. I play for them. And within an hour and a half, I had made a hundred dollars. I love it. Which for, <laughs> you know, That's great. A 21 year old who had never made any money yeah. really, who was working at Starbucks. That's pretty solid. Um, is- so I was like, okay, is this real? Can I, <laughs> let, let me see if I can duplicate this. So then I went out the next day and I did it again and I made even more money. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, this is great. Let I- me put in my two weeks notice at Starbucks. <laughs> let me go for it. Let me just try to do this thing. And the next step was for me to go to open mics and start playing some of my original stuff and learn some more covers so I could build up what was a one hour gig to a two hour gig to a three hour gig. And so I did that. And then by September, I was playing at the festivals in my hometown. And, uh, you know, now that's my, that's my bread and butter is playing gigs around town. And I've built, I'm, I'm, I'm weird things, but I have built a career. And if you'd asked me in July of last year, if I would be on this radio show talking to you about this play on me and talking about how I'm making money as a musician for real, I would have said, you're crazy. Uh, he is but crazy though. So you just never know <laughs> what is going to, you have to go out there and really put yourself out there and not worry about, oh, am I good enough? Or, oh, do I have this degree or whatever yet? Just, you just go out there and do it, and you learn so much from that. There's so much more I could say, but... <laughs> That's a great story. I, I, yeah, thank you. From the strolling mariachi musician to to starring in the New Jewish Theater world premiere of the B-Play. Can I ask one more of your experiences, Miles, before we... Of course. Uh, yeah. did, you said you... Did you do something at Disney World in Orlando? Was that... Yeah, I did. I did. When I was in high school... I was obsessed with choral music. So anything that was choir stuff, I did it, whether it was bass choir, the all men's choir, the quartet, the mixed choir, the giant hundred singers thing, Uh gospel stuff, old repertoire from 15th century England, I was doing it. And I ended up qualifying to for the National Honors Choir. And uh, so I did it and I got in and luckily my school was so supportive of me that they paid for my trip to be able to go to Disney World and sing with the National Choir and uh, under the conduction of V. Randall Stroop, very accomplished composer and conductor. And it was a really incredible experience. I met kids from all over the country who loved singing in choral music like me and uh, got to spend time with one of the most acclaimed conductors and composers ever so that was pretty cool yeah that is that's, <laughs> that's very really cool. cool it is disney world does it up 
Yeah. They do it up right some, yeah, sometimes too. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Well, we want to encourage people to go to the remaining shows, September 24th, 4 o'clock and 8 p.m., September 25th, 2 p.m. That is the New Jewish Theater world premiere of the B-Play, and it's starring our guest, Miles Brenton. And Miles, I would, I'd love to have you back here live when you could actually play some of your songs and sing some of your songs. That'd yeah. be cool. Oh, yeah. Well, Heck yeah, that'd be awesome. We'll tip you, Miles. We'll give you a tip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it may be a food coupon. I don't There's know. It won't be a hundred bucks. <laughs> I'll give you something for it. I know. Wow. That's a great story, though. It's, it's wonderful. Story. Hey, thanks very much for taking time to talk with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Of course. Arnold, Mark, you guys have a good one. Okay. Thank you, yeah, too. Yeah. Thank break, you, Miles. Take break, care. Break a leg there, bud. Okay. All right. Wow. That's great stories of how you can just get out there and do it. Yeah. And listening. I love that he said, I read these blogs. I saw this YouTube and just get out there and do it. A little self-teaching. Yeah. And I'm sure his name's getting around now. And so when venues go have an opening and they, oh yeah, we heard about you. Yeah. Yep. That's really great. I kind of, I understand what he's talking about in, in our industry here, in the radio industry, entertainment, I think. And we're part of that entertainment industry. Absolutely. You don't get better unless you do it. You just got to, it's like riding a bike, driving a car. It's one of those things. You just have to do it and you get better. And then you have to learn just to be yourself. And, and it's a dog-eat-dog dog profession. It's oh. very difficult to break in. If you want more information on Miles, you can go to milesbrenton.com, M-I-L-E-S-B-R-E-N-T-O-N.com. And check him out, folks, at the, the New Jewish Theater's production of The Bee Play. We are glad you decided to listen to this episode of St. Louis in Tune. We know there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and we are glad that you have chosen to listen to us. St. Louis in Tune is produced in cooperation with KWRH 92.9 FM and Motif Media Group. For St. Louis in Tune, I'm Arnold Stricker.